This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, friends. This is Season 5, Episode 5, and today is Part 1 of my carnivore road trip story. So a couple weeks ago, Christopher and I went on an 11-day road trip about 3,000 miles from Minneapolis to Orlando and back, and we ate carnivore the entire time. And we actually cooked all of our food except for one meal at a restaurant. And it was so successful, and it was so much fun, and I absolutely loved it, and I would totally travel like this again. We decided to cook all of our own food because of a few reasons. I really am a sensitive person and tend to react very intensely from any kind of like gluten or sugar, soy or dairy or grains that are snuck into the food or chemicals, any kind of poor quality oils. I just really don't like the way that I feel when I eat those things and it's totally not worth it. And personally, I don't really even find restaurant experiences that fun. It's just not really a value of mine. I know some people are totally into restaurants and they absolutely love going, but for me, I've just never really been that much of a restaurant person. I love to cook and I absolutely love the food that I make. And so every single time I eat when I cook, I have exactly what I want and it tastes exactly how I want it to taste and it's great quality. And so for me, I actually really like cooking. So I'm not sure how this sort of trip would go for somebody who hates cooking or who only really likes to eat out at restaurants. So those people may not really relate. However, I'm just going to go ahead and share how it went and exactly how we did this. Because you might be wondering, how do you cook when you're on a road trip? Like, how do you do this? Do you stop at a park and use a grill every time you're going to cook? Or how does that work? So I have so much to share that I've decided to break up this carnivore road trip topic into two parts. Today is part one, and next week I'll be sharing part two, where I'll give you even more details about what we did and how it went. But first, make sure that you remember to check out my vlog. I made a whole video of this road trip and posted a quick little vlog on YouTube, which I will link below in the show notes so you can find it there. But it's a lot of the same information from today, but giving you all the visuals. So as you're listening today, if you're wondering what I'm talking about when I'm describing some of these different things, you'll just see so much more on the vlog. So feel free to check that out later on. So let's just jump right into the topics for today. What did we pack? Of course, I'm talking about what did we pack for our cooking and for our food. I'm not going to be talking about a whole lot of other aspects of the trip, like what we wore or any of that stuff. So what did we pack? We packed three knives and we only used one the whole time. So I would suggest only bringing one knife. 
we brought a little tiny knife, um, like a little, just like a tiny cheap steak knife, and that's the only one we used, and we actually only used it to open up packages of meat. So a pair of scissors could have also worked. We also brought a serrated knife, which we never used, and we brought like a big uh, chopping knife, which we also never used. We brought two forks, two spoons. There was two of us on the trip, so that worked for us. We brought a flexible plastic cutting board, which we also never used. So I, I, I anticipated maybe using that if we were going to be making steaks, but we actually never ended up making a steak. We brought paper plates, which we also didn't use. So you'll see today you're going to be learning from some of my mistakes and a lot of my successes. But the paper plates we brought because we thought we would need something to eat on, which um, we actually only ended up eating out of these like glass Tupperware, like glass storage containers that we brought. So we brought two glass storage containers. They're like little rectangle ones and they both have lids that snap on. And we brought those thinking that we would just use them if we made extra meat that we didn't eat and we would need to keep it in the refrigerator, which it was useful for that purpose. But what we ended up doing is using those glass storage containers as our dish. And we just ate out of those pretty much every single time we ate. So for us, the paper plates never ended up getting used. We brought a whole roll of paper towels in the car, which was so helpful because when one person is driving and the other person is trying to, you know, get out some cooked hot ground beef out of a container and pour it into the glass baking dish to eat, you know, things go flying and grease can start dripping and it was so helpful to just have these paper towels on hand. We also brought two different uh, stainless steel pans both with a lid one of them was a pretty large wide pan which you can see in our YouTube video um, and that's the one we use the most and it had a lid and we would cook things like ground beef ground turkey I made a pork chop in there and then the other pan we brought was like a smaller saucepan um, with a lid which we would sometimes boil water in that sometimes we would reheat our meat in that but honestly I don't think we really needed that smaller pan I think we could have just gotten away with one but we decided to just bring everything we thought we needed since we were driving and we had a lot of space for packing we also brought this little burner so that's how we did our cooking I don't really even know what this burner is called because it's like ancient and really old and it's something that Christopher has just had like forever but it's like a single burner like you would see on a stovetop not with a flame but it's electric you plug it in and it has a dial zero through six for the heat setting and it worked amazing now before this trip I was actually planning on ordering like a brand new one I was spending so much time on Amazon looking through all these different electric burner or like cooktops that you can buy that are pretty compact and small and then Christopher realized he actually already had this one so we just used that but you can definitely find newer more updated ones that are small and light and pretty um, great looking. We also brought 
a rice cooker. And if you've ever seen me post on Instagram, I post kind of a lot about how I use this little rice cooker. It's really small and light. I keep it at work and I reheat my lunch in that every day at work. And then we also brought it on the trip and I heated up my water in there every morning to make coffee. So I know it seems like we're bringing all this extra stuff and some people who are minimalists might think that this is ridiculous that we had three ways to heat up food, but it was so helpful to have both because most mornings we would have meat cooking on the burner in the big pan and we would be cooking that up for the day and then I would be heating up water in the rice cooker for my coffee and it was just so helpful to have both of those but honestly you could travel with one or the other I have cooked meat and I have cooked vegetables in the past in my rice cooker and it works so well and you could travel with just that or you could travel with just the burner in one pan if you're trying to minimize all of your stuff but if you have enough space I would highly recommend both to save time because both that burner and the rice cooker are pretty slow and take a lot longer than if you're going to be cooking on a normal stove at home. And then we also brought a little meat thermometer, which we only used once because the only really like big piece of meat we made was a big thick pork chop. And I love using my meat thermometer to tell me when it's done. But if you're only going to be making like ground beef or ground meats or eggs, then you don't really need to bring a meat thermometer. We had expected to be making steaks a lot, and for some reason we just never did. So that's that. We also brought tongs, big metal tongs, which we found very helpful, and a spatula for like flipping eggs. That was helpful. And then for our water, we borrowed our my parents travel Berkey so if you aren't familiar Berkey it's B-E-R-K-E-Y I believe that's a brand of gravity water filters and they're super high quality and amazing we have a huge one at home that even filters out fluoride but this was just a very small travel Berkey and you run um, like the tap water from the bathroom sink in the hotel room through the top of the Berkey it filters through and then you can pour that water into glass bottles so we brought a bunch of glass bottles as well to fill and then we carried those in and out of the car each night to the hotel room in a cardboard box I'm so picky about my water and I just cannot drink water out of a bathroom sink I just can't do that I also don't want to drink any water out of a plastic bottle ever so that travel Berkey really was amazing it's a little bit slow to use but the pretty much the whole time we were in the hotel room we would be filtering water through and it worked out great we also brought a bottle of soap like uh dish soap for washing our dishes and a sponge and that would be so easy to forget and then I don't know how you could get through without it. It was so great to be able to just quick wash our pan and wash our glass baking dishes and we would usually wash them in the bathtub or if the sink was big enough and it was so helpful. We also had two uh, what are these called? They're like a thermos sort of thing. One was a Yeti brand which is super high quality and kept our food hot the whole day. The other one is a sort of a cheaper brand thermos that only keeps our food hot for maybe two hours or so. But what we would do, and I'll get into this 
detailed later, but we would cook our meat in the morning, put all the meat for the day into those two thermoses and tighten them up and then get on the road and drive or go to the conference and be there all day. And then we could just open up the thermos, dump some of that meat into a glass dish and eat out of that. And that was so helpful. And then the last two tools we brought were two different types of coolers. One was a big cooler like you would bring camping or to like a big picnic like a big one where we kept all of our meat and we kept a lot of supplements in there and ice and some um, ice packs we brought and then we also brought a small little like lunchbox style cooler that I think we only used once or maybe no times but we were expecting to use that if we were going to need to bring something on ice somewhere like the beach or just out for a few hours away from the car and I just don't think we ever ended up using it but it would have been helpful if we needed that. So that was all of our supplies and I have to say I'm so glad we brought all of that stuff except for the few things that I said we didn't really use but it was so worth it to bring everything that I had listed there. Now for food what did we bring? We started out the trip bringing a bunch of frozen meat that we already had in our freezer. So we brought a big thick frozen pork chop, we brought frozen ground turkey, frozen ground pork, frozen ground beef. I'm not sure exactly how many pounds but we wanted to get enough to last us at least about three days or so so we could just focus on our driving and not have to go to the grocery store. It was super helpful to bring those meats already frozen because they helped to keep the entire cooler cold but they also helped to just last longer so they pretty much were frozen until like the day we wanted to eat them when we would allow them to defrost. We also brought some cooked meat to get us through our at least our first day of driving. Christopher smoked a bunch of beef I don't remember what it was brisket or something like that but he spent a couple days before the trip smoking meat which we love we got a new smoker this year and it is like so much fun and I absolutely love it but he made a bunch of smoked meat and we brought that hot on our very first day of driving and it was so good to be able to just pull that out and eat that and not have to worry about um, any sort of cooking the first day of driving because that first day was probably about 12 hours. We left the house at about 7 a.m., drove for all day, and we just had that meat we already had cooked. We also brought a little container of pork fat, so lard, that we had from home, and we brought a little tub of grass-fed butter. So that, those two were the fats that we used for cooking during the entire trip. We also brought eggs. Personally, I don't eat eggs right now. I just don't react well to them, but Christopher does eat eggs, so he had those almost every single day on the trip for dinner time. We also brought a bunch of bags of carnivore crisps. I've talked about these a lot before, especially over on Instagram. But carnivore crisps, it's a brand of these delicious little carnivore snacks. They're like little pieces of dried meat that are crispy like chips. And it, the only ingredients are the meat, and it comes from a regenerative farm, which you know I love. It has Redmond Sea Salt, which is a pretty great brand, and then water. And they're so good. I like using them kind of like a dip in ground meat. So if I have a bowl of ground turkey or something, I love to take a carnivore crisp 
maybe a, a eye of round, something like that, dip it into the meat and eat that. And it's so delicious. I just love it. But they really helped us get through um, when we just needed some snacks or something crunchy and delicious. We also brought a big batch of gummies that Christopher makes for me. These gummies are made with grass-fed gelatin, they're made with uh, lemon juice, and this powder called Max Relax Powder that comes from Zymogen, and it's like a magnesium type of powder that's super delicious and cherry-flavored and sweetened with stevia and monk fruit, I believe. And if anybody is wanting the recipe for those gummies, just reach out to me either through the website or send me a message over on Instagram. Oh, and for those carnivore crisps that I mentioned a few moments ago, you can get 10% off all your orders of carnivore crisps if you use the code Project Keto. So I'll make sure to link to carnivore crisps below so that you can check that out if you want. We also brought a few packages of Miracle Noodles. Those are sheer Taki noodles. I think that's how you say it. And they're so delicious. I'm not eating those right now because I'm on strict carnivore, but Christopher likes to have them every once in a while. And I show those in, in the vlog, in the YouTube video about the trip. But I think he only used them once and um, we just didn't really use them. We just really ate a lot of meat. But they worked great that one time and they would work great for anybody who's doing keto or you just like noodles but you don't want to eat wheat. Such a great alternative. We brought a big thing of lemon juice because we like to put a lot of lemon in our water. We also brought bulletproof coffee grounds, which um, Christopher isn't really drinking coffee, but I am. So I brought my French press, I brought my coffee grounds, and I brought my MCT oil powder, which is like the greatest thing in the world and I've talked about so much lately. Uh, but I brought that to make my own coffee every single day. And we brought a few different um, salt shakers. We brought like a grinder with the original Himalayan salt brand that I love. And then we also brought these little tiny uh, shakers from Redmond Sea Salt. They're, they're so convenient. They're like little tiny, like it's like an inch tall of a little shaker. So we would keep those like in my purse or in the car and then mostly use the grinder when we're in the hotel room. I also brought a bunch of cans of sardines and smoked oysters which is so delicious I love both of those and I only ate them a couple of times but they were super convenient for when we actually didn't plan ahead well enough and didn't have meat cooked or didn't have enough or I just wanted something different that's when I would pull out the canned sardines or canned oysters and that worked great so that's it for all of the food that we had brought. So now you know all of our supplies, all of our food, and um, let's just move on to talking about shopping. We went grocery shopping, I'm gonna guess three times, maybe four times, and all we bought when we went shopping was more meat, and eggs for Chris and lemon juice and sometimes we would buy sparkling water. So that's really all that we shopped for and unfortunately we had pretty bad experiences when we were shopping because Christopher and I don't wear face masks ever 
uh, I, I think I've only ever worn one once, um, but it's just ridiculous and I won't be putting one of those on. So in some of the states, it was pretty challenging to get into the store. Um, other states, it was easier, like I believe Georgia and parts of Florida worked out pretty well. But um, here in Minneapolis, we almost never go to the grocery store anymore. I probably haven't been for two, two and a half months or so. And we buy all of our meat directly from local farmers who, of course, those people don't wear masks either and don't buy into any of that. And then any other kinds of foods that we need, um, we've been ordering online from Thrive Market. So it was pretty like negative to have to go to the grocery store and experience that. But at least the positive thing is that we found grass-fed beef at all the stores and we found grass-fed lamb at quite a few stores and good, good quality eggs. So, you know, we made that work and it worked out just fine. Now, we did go to a restaurant once. We went to a seafood restaurant in Savannah, Georgia, which... I was so looking forward to because I love seafood. I love it. All seafood and any seafood, it's just like my very favorite thing. I swear I was a mermaid in a past life and I just love seafood. So we went to the seafood restaurant in Savannah and I got this like big plate full of crab legs and crawfish and clams and shrimp and oysters. Christopher got a different kind of fish. He's not really into seafood, so it's not really his favorite thing, but he'll, he'll eat fish. And honestly, I had this like feeling in the pit of my stomach, like deep inside while we were there that I knew don't eat this food. Like I knew it. I could feel inside. I should not eat this. I should just put it down and leave. But we were there. It was expensive. It was a beautiful day. I just wanted to enjoy my food. So I ate it anyways, even though inside, not physically, but like internally in my mind and my heart, I knew something wasn't right. That was about lunchtime. For the rest of the day, I was feeling pretty off. I was feeling kind of queasy a little bit and I was noticing I was really bloated and I had asked the waitress about five times if our food was gluten-free for sure and I'd even told her I'm celiac which I'm not and I'm insisted that she has to make sure that our food is absolutely 100% gluten-free and she said it was and by evening, by about four or five o'clock that day, we had arrived to our next location. We arrived in Jekyll Island, Georgia, which is super cool. Got to our hotel room and I was feeling so bad and I didn't really say anything to Christopher because I didn't want to like jinx it. I just kind of wanted to see if maybe I was grumpy or feeling bad because we were driving so much or what. But we immediately went for a long walk on the beach when we got to our hotel. And as we were walking, I finally said, oh, I'm just, I'm really nauseous. Like, I could hardly even talk, and I could hardly even listen to Christopher talk because of my nausea, and it was really bothering me. But I thought, you know, let's get outside, get some fresh air, and get moving, and walk on the beach, and it'll help. And it kept getting worse. And then I told Christopher about five times, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to throw up, like, right now. 
Like, I think I'm going to throw up on the beach. And we got, we finally made it back to the hotel room. And right when we got inside, I went in the bathroom and I threw up and I had like violent vomiting. Like it wasn't just a little bit. It was that vomiting where you're like convulsing and you're shocked and horrified at the noises coming out of your body. And it was bad. I was so sick. And that happened a couple of times and it was so bad I couldn't really even get up. I had to just lay down on the bathroom floor with a cold washcloth on my face and just try and not die. After a few hours, the nausea really started to dissipate and I started feeling not better, but I wasn't throwing up anymore and I was able to take a shower and get in bed and just lay there. And I didn't know what what it was. I don't know if I had food poisoning. I don't know if there was gluten in the food. I just don't know. Then later, a couple days later, somebody I know on Instagram and also in real life, um, Lisa, she reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, that same thing happened to me once when I ate crab at a restaurant. And apparently... I don't know. They they can soak the crab in some sort of chemical solution that is really toxic and not good for a lot of people. I don't know what it is, but I'm guessing maybe that's what happened and it was like poison for my body. And um it took me a while, like the rest of the trip to really fully recover. I dealt with quite a bit of belly bloating and just not feeling quite right for most of the rest of the trip and I know it was from that meal at that restaurant. Now, we traveled to Orlando because we were attending a CellCore Biosciences conference which is, there's a supplement company and I do a lot of work with them with my clients and I use their protocols quite a bit with people and I also have been doing their protocols for about four years on myself. So that's why we were even going on this trip. And while we were at the CellCore conference, this was a three-day conference, I noticed I was getting this rash on the back of my neck and I also had these little rash dots all over my body. And at first I thought maybe it was bug bites, like mosquitoes or something. And then I was realizing, no, this rash on the back of my neck was not bug bites. And then I was feeling it and I felt this big lump right next to my spine that hurt bad when I would press on it. It was like this huge bump in there. And I got really freaked out and I thought to myself, oh my God, what if I got like Lyme disease or what if I was bit by like a poisonous spider? I don't know. I started to like panic inside. So what was really cool, though, is that we're in this huge room full of amazing chiropractors, amazing doctors, amazing practitioners. Lots of them do muscle testing, and lots of them are just so incredible. So I ran over to Dr. Alan Lindsley, and if you don't know him, you should. He practices out of Wisconsin, and he is like one of the most incredible practitioners I've ever met. But he's a presenter and works with CellCore quite a bit. So I ran over to him, and I was like, oh my gosh, Dr. Lindsley, can you please muscle test me? Like right now, I have this rash on the back of my neck, and I'm afraid of what it is. Can you muscle test me and tell me if you can find anything? And he's like totally a Lyme specialist, so good person to ask. So right away, he started muscle testing me. And then he goes, what have you been eating? And I said, oh, well, 
I've pretty much just been eating like grass-fed beef and grass-fed lamb and that's pretty much it and he's like well you've been poisoned I mean have you eaten something poisonous and I said oh well a few days ago I you know I told him about how I got sick at that seafood restaurant and he said yeah that's probably it you have chemicals coming out of your skin this is like a detox it's trying to get out of your body it's coming out of your skin and I said oh my gosh well what do I do so he muscle tested me a little bit more and he told me to take a couple of things biotoxin binder and CT spore which are two incredible supplements from Cellcor but basically he told me to take those my body um, was saying those would be helpful so immediately I ramped up the dosages of both of those and my rash started to go away really quickly. It's completely gone now. It probably was completely gone after about three days. And a lot of my um, bloating and digestive issues have also resolved. So that was really cool to be able to use those tools and just knowledge to be able to heal myself. But also a great lesson in, I just it just confirms to me I really don't like restaurants and I don't like taking risks with food and I don't like getting sick and it also confirmed with me how happy I am that I did so much cooking on this trip myself and with Christopher and that we really ate food that felt good in our bodies and that we loved eating. Now that's going to be it for the carnivore road trip for today, but I do have a lot more to share. On part two, next time, I'm going to be telling you like a routine, like how did this routine go? What did we do when we would wake up in the morning? What would we do to cook our food? When would we eat it? Um, how was it different on driving days? How was it different on beach days? How was it different on conference days? Did we get sick of the food? all kinds of things. Um, what would I do differently next time? There's so much more for me to share. So stay tuned. And remember, in the meantime, check out the vlog on YouTube, which I'll link below. And also, in the meantime, don't forget to submit submit your Q&A questions for me. Now, these could be questions about carnivore. It could be about keto. It could be about health in general, like maybe some questions about parasites. It could be questions just for me personally. But remember, in a couple of weeks here, I am going to be doing a total Q&A episode where I'm answering your questions. And my list of questions is starting to build up. So I, I might not be able to get to them all if we get so many. So make sure that you submit your questions soon. And you have two ways of doing that. One, you can submit it through the contact form on my website at projectketopodcast.com. Two, you can send me a DM, a direct message on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. And this was so much fun talking with you today. And I will catch you next time for part two. Bye.